Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Malou. Temporarily, this podcast is going to be the Canada Basketball Reaction Podcast because Canada, on the men's side, is seeking to make their first Olympics since 2000. And what they need to do is win the uh, Olympic qualifying tournament in Victoria, B.C., one of four wildcard spots up for grabs for the winners of the four respective tournaments, and Canada got off to a fantastic start, beating Greece, who I would say is probably the second hardest opponent Canada will see in this field, and um, it was a great game, first and foremost, um, you know, salute to the zone, salute to CBC for picking up the broadcast and everything like that, fantastic to watch, a really, really fun basketball, as, as you, I mean, if you saw the game, um, you'll you'll notice that FIBA game is not necessarily uh, an NBA game. Uh, there's a lot of big differences. Um, the style is different, and really, it's the, part of the style being different is just the, the opponents play very differently. I think European teams generally play basketball in a way that's a lot more distinctive, a lot more half court oriented, a lot less just traditional pick and roll, a lot more off ball actions, um, and the level of physicality is just a lot higher. Um, than what you will typically see from, let's say, an average regular season NBA game. Um, so it was very fun. And honestly, at first, you know, uh, it seemed like Canada would have to struggle to ad- adapt to that because, um, well, because of the global pandemic and things like that, Canada was not able to set up sort of warm-up games for the group. So the, the, the team hasn't really played that much together. Clearly, obviously, every year is a fresh group of guys that are going to be playing together for the national team, but not even some exhibition games. Greece was able to play a few exhibition games, um, and you saw them coming in. Not only are they a very veteran side, but they got to, you know, warm up, and they got to play in a few of these games. So, um, you know, clearly, they were ready to go. And I thought in the first half, Greece completely outplayed Canada. Um, I thought their execution was fantastic, especially in the half court kind of picked the Canadians apart in that pick-and-roll game, which, um, 
you know, Greece does have some pretty nice guards, Lucas, uh, Calathus, those are accomplished guys, and um, they were hurting Canada over and over and over again in the pick and roll, whether they were getting inside and then spraying out the shooters. Greece was also really hot from three in the first half, but it just seemed like Canada was a step slow defensively. Having said that, though, Canada was only down four at halftime, which is kind of uh, yeah, unfortunate for, for, for Greece because... Uh, they, I thought they played a lot better in terms of execution, but first half really for Canada was really about weathering the storm, figuring out how to play, locking in the rotations, getting obviously not just a sense uh, and feel of the FIBA game, but getting a sense and feel of their teammates as a group, how are they going to guard, how are they going to play Nick Nurse's defense, and... Um, you know, I thought coming out of the halftime was a much more composed effort, but they need to get to halftime with the game still intact. And the reason that happened was because Nikhil Alexander-Walker uh, was tremendous in the first half as a creator. I, I think he only had like two points in the second half or things like that, but he was, I mean, at one point he had 13 points in like four minutes, five minutes. It was, uh, it was a nice stretch. I mean, he came in, banged two threes right away consecutively to sort of pull Canada back into the game. Um, you know, I think that uh, his uh, ability to slash and finish at the basket was also quite impressive. Um, you don't necessarily see a lot of that with Canada's guards in particular in this game. I don't think Corey Joseph, for example, even though he can slash, but doesn't really necessarily always create uh, off the bounce like that. But that's Nikhil's game. I mean, he's he's big, he's long, uh, he's he's he's. Looks a little stronger, honestly, than he is. He took some contact in this game that was pretty good in terms of getting the shoulder into the guy, cutting him off, then being able to be strong enough to spin off that contact to get to uh, the layup. Uh, he was fantastic in the first half, and, and honestly, he was the offense because the offense was kind of gummy, um, which, honestly, I, I think that could be an issue. I think when you immediately see this Canadian team, one thing you identify in terms of weaknesses on the roster is the shooting. Um, the starting five doesn't have a lot of shooting in it. Um, you know, you have Wiggins, who is, you know, their best shooter in the starting five. They started Wiggins. They started RJ. RJ's an inconsistent shooter, although he did knock down a, pull, a, a, a step back three in the fourth quarter. That was great to watch. Um, but, you know, Trey Lyles can shoot, but not a high-volume guy. Dwight Powell's mostly going to be muscle in the middle. And then Corey Joseph, who's not going to be taking a lot of threes. Uh, at least ideally, <laughs> unless your offense is really starting to really run afraid. So um, shooting was a bit of a concern. Offense was a bit of a concern. But really the concern for me was defensively. I think Canada has a real nice potential with this group to really defend at a very high level. And I think it really took them that first half. And it was very impressive to me that they clicked so instantly at halftime after that first half to adapt. I think obviously you got to give a lot of credit to Nick and his coaching staff. By the way, Nick was... On the sidelines once again with Nate Bjorkren, the two reunited once again. Um, obviously, uh, wherever Nick goes, Nate can't be too far behind. Um, but, you know, I, I thought they just made some good, you know, adjustments in the second half. Number one, um, they stopped playing as much two big lineups. Uh, first half, there's a lot of Andrew Nicholson. Nick, you know, Nicholson gave them some scoring, but it seemed very clear that Greece was willing to target him offensively. So they were willing to go at him in the post. And they were scoring on him there. Uh, guys were driving downhill without a fear of sort of driving uh, with him sort of helping out at the basket. Uh, it was a noted difference between Dwight Powell in the middle and Andrew Nicholson in the middle. Um, although Nicholson did give them some offensive weapons. I don't. I think he was probably a neutral in this game in terms of his impact. But um, 
you know, in the, in the first half, Nick started obviously with the starting five, having two bigs in it with Lyles and with uh, with Powell. But there's less two big lineups in in the second half. Nick relying more on his wings, and and one way to sort of unlock that potential of sort of going with one big and multiple wings is by turning to Lou Dort, who, you know, like. He's very, very good defensively. Um, it's it's very fun to watch him. First half, Lou was really struggling. I thought, you know, he actually lost his way in rotations a few times. Left left the guy open for three, pressured a little bit too hard. You know, just on just on the ball handler, gave up a foul that way. Another sort of a breakdown here or there. So, you know, it it was um, unusual. Maybe he was a little bit too excited. Maybe the whole defense wasn't that just that set. But second half, Lou Dort came in, gave them such a big boost. Allowed them to play small because what Lou's able to do is he's got that physicality, he's got that size. He's, you know, P.J. Tucker um, shaped. So, like, he has that versatility to switch. And I think Nick did a really good job in the second half of switching up his defense. Um, didn't switch everything, right? There are certain pick and roll, certain coverages they were going to switch, certain ones they were going to stick with their ro- the regular coverage of sort of trying to pressure the ball, chase over the top, um, have a third guy rotate down if need be. Um, but it was a lot more switching in the, in the, in the second half that kept Greece from getting into the paint, the dribble penetration, the overreaction, the kickouts of three. That's what largely stopped Greece, um, from operating the way they did in the first half. That's not to say Greece couldn't score in the second half. They still could, but it just definitely wasn't nearly as fluid as it was in the first half. So I think the switching helped. I think downsizing helped because as much as I thought Trey Lyles offered some, some very useful versatility, a little bit of that. Um, Boris Diaw game, um, not necessarily all the craft in the post, but uh, a big guy who can sort of play on the perimeter, get inside, make a couple of plays. Maybe more accurately, a Kelly Olenek type of um, role. Not necessarily looking to score as much, but I like the way Lyle stretches the floor, keeps the ball moving, can make a little slash here and there, uh, kick it out and stuff like that, makes a couple of plays. I like him, but I think the real potential of this team is when they can get those three wings together, whether that, that's Dort, that's Barrett, and that's uh, and that's Wiggins. Those three guys together um, with Powell, you know, it's a little bit small for sure. It's a little bit small, but um, Greece is, you know, is a pretty physical team. They don't have like a, a huge low post score. Um, they had a couple of guys there today who could um, do a couple of things. Papa Giannis, who people always forget this, but. Um, Papayanis was like a lottery pick for the Kings. How how, how did that happen? How, how did that happen, man? Imagine taking a whole year and you get Costas Papayanis out of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was he's mostly a role guy, but he's got some size. Um, and then you know, even you know, some of their um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm, I, it's not like I, I, I watch the Greek team that closely. I'm not gonna come here and pretend like I'm sort of some expert on Greek basketball. I'm not. Um, but they had a couple of other post options there too. Um, Vasilis Kavadas, um, he was he he was okay in terms of like as a low post banger, um, you know, some some touch in the low post, got some offensive rebounds. But I thought Canada for the most part dealt with their size, and I think that's contingent. That's sort of you know comes down to two things: one, Lou being able to be as physical as he is, survive on switches, be disruptive. You know, there was. In that third, in that fourth quarter, the game was still close. It was only a you know one or two possession game. Canada had trailed for the whole first half. Finally, took the lead on a Wiggins shot, uh, but it was so kind of nip and tuck there. And I think the start of the fourth quarter, that's where Canada was able to pull away from Greece with their defense. And Lou was at the heart of that. He forced three turnovers 
Um, in the fourth quarter, there was a play where, um, you know, Greece was trying to um, just bring the ball up. And this is like after a, a timeout where, by the way, fantastic part of these games is the fact that uh, there's hot mics in the huddle. So uh, you're getting to hear some raw, uncut stuff. And, you know, look, listen, um, it's not going to be a surprise to anybody, but, yeah, coaches swear, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> definitely Rick Pitino swears, too, of course. He's uh, always been a guy who's been very um, – he's definitely very vocal. Obviously, he has, he's given some memorable quotes over the years. A very accomplished coach, a very longtime coach. Um, but <laughs> Canada was making the run. They took the lead. Pitino calls timeout. And he's in the huddle, and he says, you know, I don't fucking get it. Uh, all For three quarters, you run the offense, and now you want to make up your own fucking plays. And that's just right there on the broadcast. Like, the broadcaster is like, oh, yeah, guys, I'm sorry for uh, for the language. But don't be sorry. Don't be sorry, man. This is uh, this is the stuff that you don't get in a, um, in a more... Uh, I don't know, sanitary setting, I guess, let's say, in the in the NBA. You also got Nick Nurse saying essentially the same thing of, like, listen to me, guys. Like, <laughs> we need to execute, and I need you guys to fucking trust it. Like, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a different experience, but it's definitely more real. Obviously, you know that these are tense moments, right? This is a very short tournament. Games are very, very important. Possessions are very, very important. You're going you're gonna to run into these kind of emotions, and I thought... That was actually really, really uh, a huge part of why this um, this game was so enjoyable was getting to the, get the insight. But in any case, Canada takes the lead. Rick Pitino gets the timeout, drops a couple f bombs live on air, and Greece comes out. Uh, and the first possession down, uh, they commit an offensive foul. The second possession down, Nick Kalathis is just dribbling the ball up. Lou Dort is pressuring up on the ball handler, and Kalathis is pressured into a dribbling the ball out of bounds off his foot. Uh, just bringing the ball up. So that's the kind of pressure Lou can provide. And then a few plays later, Greece works a pick and roll. Canada's forced to switch. Lou's battling in the post. He's fronting the guy who's bigger than him. Lou's like 6'4". The guy behind him, I think it was Papianis, is like 7 feet. And uh, the point guard's trying to input the ball into the post. And Lou jumps up and picks off the pass. Uh, then takes it the length of the floor, drives it against two defenders. He doesn't finish the layup, but because he took everybody with him, Dwight Powell's able to come in uncontested for the putback jam. Fantastic sequence. Lou forcing two turnovers there. And then, late in the game, when it got really hairy for the Canadians, mostly off some self-inflicted turnovers and some bad times, one by Wiggins slipping on the floor, one by Corey Joseph slipping on the floor, one by R.J. Barrett just losing the ball, bringing the ball up, getting himself trapped. Um... Yeah, like, you know, there were some hairy moments, but when it came down to it, Lou Dort checks in, checks in for a key defensive possession and forces another turnover, pressuring the ball handler. I think the guy um, ended up shooting an air ball or something like that. So Lou was fantastic in the second half. I think he was really key to that. And then the other unsung hero is Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell has been, I mean, first off, I don't know what role Dwight Powell would have specifically played. If everybody on the Canadian national team, uh, in terms of everybody who's Canadian, uh, was able to play, right? Because there's a couple of bigs that were very good. When they released the initial 21-man training camp invite list, there were some pretty accomplished bigs on there. Kelly Olenek's a guy who's really, really good, especially in in, in the uh, international setting. He's coming up for agency, so he didn't play. Chris Boucher is a guy who we know, as obviously Raptor fans, we know he can impact the game. He was didn't he chose not to play in the tournament. Um 
you know, you had Ken Birch, obviously, again, another Raptor we're familiar with. He played well in, in, in China a few years ago in the, in the 2019 World Cup. Uh, he chose not to play. He's also a free agent. Tristan Thompson chose not to play. He's a guy who's got still a lot, a lot of experience and has played well for Team Canada. So if everybody was available, I'm not even sure Dwight Powell would have. I mean, I think he would have made the team, but he might have been like the third or fourth big. And so now, because those guys are out, he's the first big. And, and that was one of my big concerns was just like, man, this Canada team's small. Dwight Powell is like the biggest guy. He's like 6'9". You know, he's, he's strong, but he's like 6'9". Um, and I was really worried about how some certain teams would try to attack him. I mean, there was no way to attack him, at least not by Greece, because Dwight Powell was awesome. Like, he was so, so good as the anchor of that defense. Um, you know, stood up to the test in terms of the physicality, and it's quite a test. I'm trust like it's not just physical; it's mental too, because it's it's got to be annoying when you play the whole game and the other team is just slapping, pushing, you know, grabbing, shoving like nonstop against Dwight Powell. I mean, I, I think Greece was overall a little bit more physical than Canada was, but especially in the middle, they tried to rough up. Dwight Powell and Dwight Powell just stood up to the test and gave it right back to them. Honestly, I, I, he came up with the number of key offensive rebounds, keeping a lot of possessions alive. I don't think they ran a single play for Dwight Powell, but he got involved and in, in mostly uh, in the pick and roll and uh, finishing either in the dunker spot or sort of rolling to the basket in transition as well, cleaning up. He was awesome. And every single time he was on the floor, I think I, I felt very secure in at least Canada being able to protect the basket. First half when Canada was struggling off uh, defensively, mostly it was because Greece was able to penetrate the perimeter defense, kick it out for threes. But at no point did Greece dominate around the basket, and that's largely thanks to Dwight Powell. And he had to fight. I mean, he's going to be undersized in a lot of these matchups. Um, I, I, I know the next game against China, whatever. Canada's going to steamroll them. I'm already preparing my feelings for it. It's fine. It's whatever. Um... But I'm sure China's definitely got a, a, a few more seven footers. Uh, that's that seems to be all that we can provide um, in terms of basketball talent. Shout out Yao Ming, but you know we, we need Yao Ming to have like ten kids or something like that to, to field a roster. In any case, um, <laughs> so there's going to be some size. That's probably not going to be as big of an issue. But when you look ahead to um, you know the semifinals and and the finals, if Canada gets there, which they after this result, I think they should. Um, you might run. In, you'll probably run into Turkey, and Turkey's going to have some guys who are size, and so I think Dwight's going to be very important for that. But I really, I really liked what I saw. Clearly, a guy who's been in the playoffs before. Clearly, a guy who knows how to play. Smart player, avoided foul trouble, and again, just just took that beating. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a there's a toughness mentally and physically that comes with that, and I was very impressed. Um, but you know, I think. You know, having solved the defense, it was really just about who was going to, you know, bring this game home for Canada. And um, second half, a fantastic display from Andrew Wiggins and RJ Barrett. I thought Andrew was pretty good in the first half as well. But second half, the two of those guys on the wing really brought it home for Canada offensively. I I think the other guys were able to handle the defense. You got Lou, you got, you know, Dwight Powell. Honestly, even Corey Joseph, obviously, is a very reliable guard. Definitely uh, strong defensively. Came up with a couple of loose balls there, too, late. So, you know, you're always going to be able to trust Corey. Uh, But offensively, who was going to create for this team? And those two guys in RJ and in Andrew, those guys were fantastic. I mean, just a great one-two punch uh, offensively. I I think one thing that you noticed right away with Greece was that they didn't have the physicality and the athleticism to handle... um, Canada and and so generally what I mean is, you know they started the first off they started the game in a zone. Okay, so they were very concerned about Canada getting downhill. Now they moved in and out of the zone over the course of the game. Quite honestly, if I were Rick Pitino, 
Um, you know, I, I would maybe be a little bit less intense, but uh, <laughs> but still, like, I'd probably go zone more often because I think Canada does struggle to shoot from the outside. But um, that's either said than done. When the fact when Canada started making some threes and, and Wiggins was a big part of that, you know, he was uh, just a really reliable scorer, and even you know RJ as well. But um, basically, when when Greece wasn't in a zone, can whenever Canada was able to swing the ball just a little bit, and I'm not even talking about running a great pick and roll on one side, you know, a great short roll pass from the big swing to the the weak side. There's a mismatch, or there's a, there's a there's a you know a three on two advantage or something like that, or two on one advantage, and someone drives straight line drive. Like not even necessarily that, just like simple. Um, swing passes from from one side of the floor to the other side of the floor. What the defense just like having to move one or two steps. If there was no zone, like the Canada's guys were able to just get past that first line of defense and score and profit. And whether that was Nikhil in the first half, honestly Nikhil a little bit in the second half as well. But Corey did it a little bit. But RJ was fantastic going to the basket. Got there so many times and ones big plays dunks. You know. Uh, really hyping himself up. No crowd, but, you know, I think just with the energy of the team was very important to sort of make these plays. And then Wiggins was just nice throughout. Like, I think he made a number of nice plays. I think he could probably be a little bit stronger with the ball. Um, I, I think that that part was a little bit surprising to me. I think um, I, di- I didn't feel like a thousand percent confident when he handled and tried to attack. There was a few times where he got stripped. Uh, but, I mean, overall, you can't argue with the results, man. 23 points on 9 of 16 shooting from Andrew Wiggins. That includes three threes. I got to the free throw line twice, made a couple of plays defensively as well, jumping the passing lane. Wiggins did have six turnovers, but um, late in the game, when Canada needed a couple of possessions there because Greece kind of recovered, and they were starting to make a bit of a push to maybe steal the game at the end. Wiggins, with two turnaround jump shots in that mid-range, um, smooth. And that's why, look, listen, I know I know Andrew Wiggins has been... Um, you know, has this reputation for being unsatisfying in the NBA. That's fine. You know, that, that's fair. But listen, in this context, um, what Canada really needs is a guy who can close a game, who can get a shot. And Wiggins can get a shot. Listen, Wiggins can get a shot against most of these Greek defenders. Um, they didn't really have the size to deal with him. Definitely didn't have the athleticism to deal with him. And yeah, on these turnaround jumpers, perfect balance, smooth, um, and a great touch on that mid-range jumper. And I'm not saying that that's all Canada needs to do to end the game. It's not like we have Kawhi on the team. But, um, you know, I thought Wiggins came up and made some really big plays. But so did RJ, man. RJ was really good. And, you know, my concern, at least in the first half, was like, I'm skeptical. You know, can these two guys work well together? Because, you know, I think there's just a little bit of short on, on shooting. Both guys want to dribble a little bit in attack. But second half, they got it all figured out. I mean, A, playing a lot in transition is going to make this team so much better. But... B is just the the fact that RJ can sort of punch it past the first line of defense. Um, you know he's going to create so much attention, sort of drawn towards him. Um, that's going to free everyone else to operate a little bit as well with with Wiggins and even other guys who can try to attack Nikhil. Um, and RJ was fantastic in the second half. I mean, he, I think he was slow in the first half, uh, missed some wide open threes. He was one of six from three today. But I mean, look at this: seven of eight from the two point. Um, range and also five of seven from the free throw line so he really really you know made his point um in the paint i really enjoyed the way rj played uh fearless uh fearlessness about him as well i think obviously he's had some tremendous performances internationally uh just look at what he did to team usa in the final for uh, i think under 17 or under 18 competition just a you know ridiculous player i think kevin herter was in that game too um anyway 
Um, but yeah, just a just a nice performance from Tana, and again, a very very important showing because what they really needed to do was to. Um, I mean, there was no fear necessarily that Canada wasn't going to advance past a group stage. Uh, it, basically, they were guaranteed to beat China, so that in itself was going to get them to the next round. But by beating Greece now, they're going to be the higher seed in Group B. Greece is also going to beat China, but still. Um, and with those two wins, I think that's going to be a little bit better. That that makes probably means you avoid playing Turkey in the first round. Uh, avoid playing Turkey in the semifinals rather than the finals itself. But... Um, yeah, just a really nice game, and, and honestly, a nice little um, shot in the arm too, because Greece is not an easy team. I mean, the FIBA rankings are what they are, but they're a six-ranked team. You could tell that they really have a lot of cohesiveness, um, and while they might lack for some, you know, um, like I don't know, NBA-level athletes, um, a lot of guys are on that team are pretty tough. Like if Canada were to face Greece again, you know, it, it could be a bit of a different story because there were times in this game where Greece lost control, but. There were also a lot of times in this game where Greece had control. I mean, if you think about the amount of time in terms of which team had control, Greece had control of this game longer than Canada did. So they got to be very careful. But what I liked is that they were much stronger in the second half. Defense was really good. Nick made some very nice adjustments. And honestly, they just got some really nice performances. Again, um, you know, you look at in terms of your three stars from this game, um, you kind of have to give the first star to Wiggins. He was just that good. Played 33 minutes and 41 seconds out of a possible 40 minutes. That led the team. Uh, 9 of 16 from the field. 6 of 10 from 2. 3 of 6 from 3. Got two free throws. 6 rebounds. The, the turnovers are regrettable, but made some tough shots at the end there, too. You got to give Wiggins that first star. Uh, and then the second star, you know, like, I, I think RJ's got to take that for me. Uh, he scored really well in that second half. 22 points, 8 of 14. Um, you know, got into the paint, lived in the paint. Um, the threes are hit or miss for him. Um, you know, I, I think that um, he's, at this point in his career, still inconsistent on that end. But the fact that he can drive downhill was was really important in this game. Defensively, he was solid, too. I, I really like the way that these guys were. Like I thought Barrett and Wiggins were very mature defenders, uh, along with Powell, even though those guys are all relatively young. Um, they were pretty good. And, and then the third star, I mean, I, I really want to give it to Lou, but he had a really tough first half. But he did make some really nice defensive plays. Um, I got to give Dwight Powell a huge shout-out as well. Um, I, I think, honestly, there's a real good case we made. He was um, the third star, considering the fact that he got five offensive rebounds for the team, um, You know, drew a bunch of fouls, uh, was a plus eight in the game, which was the highest for Canada. Um, he was also 4-4 four, four from the field, 4-4 four, four from the free throw line, super efficient 12 points. Um, and, you know, he anchored the defense, so I really want to give him the third star. But I also really want to give Nikhil Alexander-Walker the third star because he really kept Canada in the game early. Uh, his scoring off the bench really gave them a big boost to keep them close. Nikhil finished with 18 points on 7 of 12 shooting, two threes as well, got to the free throw line. Um, but you know what? Honestly, the game is played on both ends. So I'm going to give Dwight Powell that, that third star. And and the only thing with Nikhil is I do wish he was better defensively because there was a few possessions where he got lost. And, you know, I'm not just trying to single him out. He's not the only guy who gets lost. It's just that you can really tell that he's sort of young. And, and, and the reads aren't always as immediate for him. Like, it's got to snap into it. Because Greece is going to run three, four actions in the same possession. They, I mean, it's almost like they actively seek to get a shot within the last five seconds. Which is counterintuitive. Generally speaking, you would want in basketball to get a quicker shot. Because that's usually when you're most efficient. 
Uh, but Greece really likes to run out the clock, so you got to really execute, make multiple efforts, make multiple reads. And there were a few times, more than a few times, where Nikhil sort of got, uh, you know, undone on that front. But obviously his scoring was very, very nice. I mean, he's, out of all the guys on this team who can really get a bucket, Nikhil is really up there. Really, really up there. And he's, uh, he's fun to watch. He really is. And it's a nice, you know, change of uh, pace. You know what I mean? Like, in terms of Corey is sort of that uh, defense first, set up the play, um, you know, defer to others. You know, uh, that's the kind of guard that he's going to be, which makes a lot of sense when you have guys like RJ and Wiggins who can initiate a lot of your offense from the wing. You don't need as much from your guard, from your important guard. Um, but in the second unit, not as much of that going on, especially since Lou didn't really seem that interested in scoring. Definitely turned down a few threes as well. Um, so Nikhil had to sort of step up there, and he doesn't mind. He's a guy who's very, very crafty. I really enjoy watching him. So really good result, uh, really good um, performance from Canada. If I had to pick a Gerald Henderson Award winner from this game, um, it's a little tough because Greece was so even in their scoring, their leading scorer. Uh, Mitoglu had 14 points. Uh, Papayanis had 11. Slukas had 12. Kalathis had 12. They're just a very balanced attack. I mean, this is you know this is what you kind of expect. For me, I would probably go with Slukas. I just think that like he made tougher shots than some of these other guys. Um, definitely was yeah. I mean, he, he, there was one play where he had Lou draped all over him, crossed him back three back and forth three times, and then pulled up right in his face and switched it. So you know, Slukas was very tough. Um, and he had eight assists as well. So I'm going to give him the, the, the Joe Henderson Award. But, yeah, just a nice performance. Very important. Canada's going to play again tomorrow. Um, they're going to play 7 p.m. against China. <laughs> again, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, yeah, on behalf of Canada. Um, but, yeah, you know, just it's not going to be great but for me. But, um, you know, I'll be back on this podcast to recap what will be the result of that game. Uh, in terms of coverage, you can look out for, uh, in terms of writing, I'm not going to lie, 10 things is a, is a stretch for these games, so I'm going to go 5, okay, I'm sorry, I'm in off-season mode, I'm moving my house, that's why the whole background has changed. Um, yeah, so, yeah, you expect 5 things after the game, expect these recap podcasts, obviously, um, after each game, and um, yeah, look, listen, it's going to be a quick tournament, but it's a very important one, and I think Canada has a really nice shot. This is a nice boost in performance for them. And, um, yeah, I look forward to coming back here tomorrow evening. So, once again, by the way, if, if you don't know where to watch, if you're in Canada, it's literally free. It's on CBC. Or if you want to watch on your devices or whatever, which most people do, download CBC Gem. It's 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 fantastic. Um, not just for your games itself, but just overall product. Uh, download CBC Gem. Watch the game. If you have The Zone, uh, you know, obviously you can watch it on The Zone as well. But they're very fun. They're very fun. I really enjoy watching them. So, Thanks, everyone, for listening. And, uh, yeah, fantastic start for Canada. Let's hope they keep it going with another win tomorrow against China. I'm uh, only half looking forward to it. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 